Hi, it's Rosina Spinois from Designing Conversations. Welcome to our long-awaited second episode in which we will be featuring Laura Appleton, who is the CEO and founder of the Female Design Council. The Female Design Council is an action-orientated leadership organisation dedicated to providing a strong professional community for all women, irrespective of colour, race, gender or sexual identity in the design industry. So, hope you enjoy our session with Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. So, Laura, you're here to join us from the Female Design Council. Now, this I came across and it deeply resonated with me, the organisation that you have founded, especially as we need more action around not only empowering women, yet also creating environments where that intersectionality exists around the creative and cultural industries. So in starting off, I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit more about what you do and how the Female Design Council came about. Great. First off, thank you for having me. Um, the Female Design Council is a leadership organization that was founded to provide a strong professional community for all female identified persons, irrespective of color, race, gender, sexual identity in design. And when I say design, we're talking about architects, interior designers, furniture makers, um, multidisciplinary makers from ceramicists, jewelry makers, textile, um, and many more that I didn't just mention. Um, we formed the Female Design Council after the last presidential election. So this is a very interesting time, again, to be having this conversation. Absolutely. Here we are, yes. And the goal was really to create an organization to give women a platform to share their work, share their community, um, work with peers, collaborate, and communicate about themselves within the press and have that focus be on their merit and their technical successes rather than their family structure or their motherhood or their gender. Mm -hmm. And what really, with regards to your own background, motivated you to, to start this? Like most women, I have been often mistaken as less than in charge. I've been, you know, the typical things that we're all up against of being disrespected or talked down to or mansplained, mm -hmm. you know, all the different yep. layers in every aspect of my career. But I wasn't really searching to fight back against that so much as create a generous, giving, supportive community for women helping women. I really believe that if you see it, you can build it. And so the more people we see in successful professional design positions, 
and we see more black women and more women of color and more, you know, diverse disciplines than younger emerging people can see themselves in those professionals and recognize that they too have those opportunities at hand. Yeah. And so with regards to that inclusion and that diversity that you mentioned, I mean, do you believe within the creative and sort of cultural industries we really need more of that diversity and representation? And I say that because probably that was my motivation to start these discussions and designing conversations around maybe some of those topics around creating more of this awareness and how we really need to have more diversity and women in leadership, more black ethnic um, representation, certainly in the creative and cultural industries. What, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, there's a lack of equity across all industry, number one. Yeah, right. absolutely. And yeah. I think that it is crucial not just to see um, more people of color and more different um, ethnicities, but also to really highlight the design perspective of all. I think that there is often an over-colonized version of creativity. And then when we see something that isn't quote unquote mainstream, it's ethnic. And I think that's a real disservice to the multicultural world that we live in. And perspective is everything. And the more perspectives that we have, the better opportunity and creativity can happen. So I think that for me, it is a challenge to work hard to become more diverse, and but it's not hard to be inclusive, right? It's really yeah. about being open and giving everyone an opportunity and thinking about those that don't necessarily have all of the opportunities that let's say I've had. And it's really important to dig deep and find those opportunities and put them out into the world so that we can have a more just interaction. Yeah. And also just in saying that, I did um, have a look at your website and I seen that you have this female design council grant um, for black women designers. Tell me a little bit more about that and how that came about. Yes, we're really excited about that. Um, this is the first, it's called Grant 01, and the first in what I hope to be an ongoing series of grants for um, black women and women identified of color persons. There are not a lot of opportunities for young designers as it is. Then you put in the whole element of black designers and then black female designers, and we just get smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of percentage of opportunities, percentage of um, people in power that make design decisions, that um, provide you know, equitable opportunity across all disciplines. And so I felt like it was really important for us to create a system, if you will, that would provide funding to help ideas come to fruition. Because in my own design career, having an idea is amazing, 
but then what? And so if we can create a system where we can provide financial opportunity to take that idea into production or to take a prototype into final production, then we can get the wheels turning and provide opportunity for um, emerging, you know, black female designer to achieve some of their goals and to be seen and then hopefully expand their design career. So the first grant was um, initiated in partnership with InCollect.com and Biffy, um, an American ceramic design studio, as well as myself um, Mm -hmm. here in New York. And we're still in the submission process. So applications are open through December 31st. And there are two 2,500 American dollar grants uh, that will go direct to the winners. Fantastic. And um, how has this been perceived by those around you? We had a conversation earlier where you were saying that some people kind of questioned also about, you know, the female design council. And is this wholly inclusive? And do we need a female design council? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that these days with, you know, the internet and Instagram, it's, if you stand up for a thought or an idea, it's implied that you don't stand for other ideas, right? If you say I like blue, it doesn't mean that I don't like other colors. It just means I happen to like blue and that's what I'm focusing on. And so by putting attention on women identified persons, for me was really important because it felt like we were always up against a male driven industry. And so wanting to really target and assist and support a design community that just consisted of women was very important to me, but I say female identified because we also include uh, people that are non-binary, people that are trans. Mm-hmm. As long as you identify as female, we're open. We're a very inclusive uh, group. For me, it's not mm-hmm. about saying, oh, no, we don't want you as much as everyone's here to support the greater good of bringing more yeah. opportunities to female identified persons in design. Mm-hmm. And um Going back, you were saying, you know, when it came to your own career and and your own experiences, can you share a little bit about, you know, your background and have you always been involved in creativity and also women's issues? I have always been involved in creativity and human rights issues. Um, As a woman and as a mother, as I've gone through my career, I've had to push up against a lot of difficulty and um, exclusionary items and disrespect and mansplaining, you know, all the basics, nothing that's any more um, dramatic, except I happen to have also just gone through a lot of, um, you know, trauma growing up and and in my 20s and handled a lot of things where I felt like I was constantly just getting the short end of the stick because I'm a woman. And, you know, like most women, just didn't understand how that made any sense. Um, And so I feel like I didn't focus so much on building the organization because of 
those personal experiences as much as the fact that I just didn't have a lot of people really interested in helping me out. I always had to dig hard for everything that I've had. And I felt like it was mm -hmm. a real um, disservice to others to not support and share learning. And, you know, we're also like industry wise, it can be very secretive, like, and it doesn't have to be, it's all about sharing resources, um, supporting one another and recognizing yep. that, you know, women are the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, when did it kind of turn around for you? You were saying like, you know, throughout the career, as you say, you know, it was really kind of digging down and, you know, coming across this sort of discrimination and fighting against the flow. When did it change for you? <laughs> it's still changing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think realistically, um, there's often <clears throat> not a very important meeting that goes by or conversation that goes by that, uh, to be frank, that people can be offensive and they don't understand that they can be exclusionary even in the way they communicate. And so there's not a board meeting that I'm at or a Zoom call uh, where there's multiple people and different genders where, you know, different perspectives can feel slighting to people, not just, you know, myself. Yeah. And so I also think that, you know, there's this idea of fear if you say the wrong thing or, you know, as a man, oh, you know, we're already persecuted for me too. And, and all of these like tones in dating, like there's a lot of layers to the idea that standing up for yourself as a person can be negative yeah. or in exclusionary to someone else. And the reality is, is that we're stronger when we support one another in, in every endeavor. And so the female design council and myself individually, I'm really here to make my mark on this universe by being kind and supportive and by sharing whatever I can to help others. Like I'm a community driven person. Yeah, I think that's the base of it, isn't it? It's the passion. I think um, when it comes to the creative industries and design, um, passion has to be there, isn't it? You wouldn't be doing what you were doing if it wasn't for the passion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm a very driven person. I think I've discovered um, way more so in the last many years. You know, I think one, my gallery, Kinder Modern, launched back in 2013, you know, there was a lot of pushback. Um, I had come from a different part of the design industry. And so being in this gallery side of, you know, high-end furniture design, there were a lot of questions mm -hmm. like, who are you? How did you get here? You know, what is this niche of design for children? And, oh, there's a historical piece to this. I didn't know. And then very quickly, yeah. interesting. And I had really highlighted this extremely important niche. And I'm very committed to sharing that family is incredible and living and growing with children is wonderful. And the nuances of pedagogy and the development of the young child sets the foundation for our growth as humans and as adults. And so I was already fighting these notions of how like, oh, having kids isn't cool. You know, nobody wants 
see really? a design space wow. for children. And now I feel like mm -hmm. after, you know, seven years of being in the business, I've really changed a lot of those perceptions. And certainly now mm -hmm. through COVID, we're seeing how important uh, living in a beautifully designed space with your family is crucial. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And how, how has this time been over COVID for you now that you mentioned COVID it? has been really complicated um, for me, I mean, for everyone, but certainly being um, on lockdown in New York City has been really complicated. Um, and also, I would say the biggest challenge has been shifting my pace. I'm a fast moving person in my head and in my body and my ideas and the way that I work. And so COVID really forced me to slow everything down. And it's been a blessing in disguise to have this time to recognize that the way I was working wasn't nearly as healthy as I wanted it to be. And that there are a lot of things that I want to change and continue to help change in our industry. Yeah. Yeah, this is indeed the case for many, isn't it? Many are saying that, um, of course, it's, it's a kind of time for reflection um, and, you know, changing how we worked in that fast paced environment that uh, some of us were in. Um, and also, you mentioned a little bit about this crossing over in the design sectors and then moving to the the gallery space that you run do you think with regards to sort of design education we need to maybe educate a little bit more about this i guess the power of creativity and power of design that you know if we're able to have that creative mind we can switch sectors we can dip into one environment you know, into another. I mean, I say that also because, Laura, I did the same. I mean, I was originally moving from accountancy to then jumping into design education for a few years and then the hospitality industry. And then now, you know, from the interiors right through to even sort of urban design. So there's different, you know, there's different sectors. And do you think that's something that we should also encourage more? Or do you think we have to be sort of, you know, everyone gets labeled in this box and they have to Well, stay? the reality is, is that everyone gets labeled in this box in, in all sectors, right? Religious boxes, yeah, gender boxes, industry boxes. And I think that we're really, you know, this next curve, if you will, of creative growth is showing that multidisciplinary is not only cool, but it's... Um, empowering. The fact that I am not yeah. just one being, that I am not just a designer, that I'm an artist, that I'm a creative, that I work in all different types of mediums, I think for many years in my career felt like a negative. And I really fought against it personally because there was the old adage of jack of all trades and master of none. And to yeah. me, that felt so foreign. And so I feel like the Female Design Council has really shown me how I see myself and others. And I'm able to recognize that, oh, that person is successful and they're an artist and they're a designer and they're an architect and they do all of these different things. They curate and they share with their community. And 
that's amazing. Why would we think it's negative to be limited? I think the internet has helped with that as well. But I think honestly, it all boils down to people want to put you in a box so they can understand and they can digest. And creativity is not singularly digestible. It's not the corporate ladder of, oh, I start as a coordinator and then I'm a manager and then I'm a director and I go in a very straight line. And so I think for me, really breaking those norms and helping people recognize that if you can see it in your mind and you can visualize who you want to be and how you want to be, that you can build a path to doing it. And I think part of that for me came from you know, I started in documentary film uh, straight out of college for PBS, and I've always told a visual story. I've just told it with different mediums. So the irony is that other people yeah. might see me as, oh, she does all these different things. But to me, I'm actually doing the same thing over and over. I'm just using different tools, whether it's photography yeah. or digital media or painting or sculpture um, or furniture. These are all just the ways in which I'm telling a story. And for me, concept is really the core of everything that I do. Yeah, the concept and obviously the very, the, the creativity, the, the immense creativity Thank that you, you have, um, which seems to be very much running through everything that you're doing. Um, so do you think in saying that, that we need to change? How oh, we right. You did ask design? an actual question. Sorry, I trailed off there. Um, I okay. think we absolutely no, no, need to not so much as change the education, but add on to it. First of all, we need, yeah. um, we need more diverse instructors and professors. And we need for more female identified persons to be in design and in architecture. We need more black people in design and architecture and many people of color. We need more indigenous people everywhere, right? There's all kinds of holes in our educational system. And the reason that I say that first is again, as a young person, you look up to these instructors and let's say I'm a young native American woman and all I'm seeing are white male teachers how am I going to relate and how am I going to understand how to bring my own ideas? So that's that's one thing. I think that curriculum wise, we need to wake up to the 21st century. We need to recognize that, yeah. you know, there it's almost like starting in high school. You know, home ec doesn't really make sense to be teaching young girls as much as managing your bank account and finance and tech and, you know, really breaking apart the, the borders of what is traditionally male and what is traditionally female in terms of education and specifically in design, giving young creatives the tools to recognize how to communicate about their work, how to get in front of people yeah. that are decision makers when you're young, how to take an idea through fruition and really using the resources of school. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also understanding the business of design as such as well, that it's, you know, it's more than the art as well. It's great to understand the business side of it, of course, just when you were mentioning the financing before. And, you know, so I think that's also really important. I agree. Yeah, I think that's a hard one, though, because I know for myself, I happen to be very split brained and I'm good at both. 
But I will say that when I focus on my artwork and I'm not thinking about, which is very hard for me to do, because for me, it all seems to like in my family, if you didn't make money, you didn't have value. And so to break out of those constructs of just creating to create and not thinking about, oh, this is a marketable product. Oh, I want to sell this, but actually to get it out of you, to have that story you want to tell, it's very hard to shut off yeah. the business brain or to not think about those things. And so I think it's a, it's also about yeah. learning a bit about your creative process and understanding at which point bringing those two sides together makes sense so you don't clip your own wings in the process. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that absolutely. came for me with age and took a long time for me to recognize that you know, sometimes you don't want to get in your own way. You need to let things flow, but also having the background of knowing that ideally you want to make a living from your craft, whatever that might be, or getting in front of the people that can help you with um, the areas that you're not as good at, let's say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so with them, the female design council, you've obviously launched it there in the U S what, what, are the ambitions and do you see it as being global or just only on, on your side of the Atlantic? We're definitely there? global How at this point. I mean, we're mostly focused on um, North America just based on pre-COVID, uh, but we have members in mm-hmm. Canada, in France, in London, in Ireland, um, in Ecuador, just to name a few. So, because we're primarily operating as a digital organization, um, mm-hmm. people can be from anywhere. So for us, it's really about um, just making sure that you're within our disciplines because there's a lot of areas of design as as you very well know. And while yep. graphic design, we have graphic designers in our midst, it, There might be other organizations Mm -hmm. that will suit your personal goals better, for instance, or, you know, and so I think it's really about understanding who our network is. And if this, if our content speaks to your practice, um, then we're a good fit. And so location really is something that we are aiming to grow because I think the, the larger and stronger the community, the more visibility and opportunities that come. Absolutely. How did you start that awareness? How did you manage to reach out to the countries that you you mentioned there um, when you were, you know, mentioning the the sort of reach that Female Design Council has? Was it just through the the sort of digital spectrum or has it been, you know, through doing events and Through Kinder Modern, uh, my gallery, I've traveled the world um, in showing exhibitions as well as curating and discovering artists and designers. And so my network globally is pretty vast. And then we've also worked with um, various uh, business councils and government design-oriented agencies um, to help bring international design to the Female Design Council here in the state. So there can be more collaboration. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I feel like over time, that has grown and the interest has grown based on my network and where um, I have relationships, honestly. 
um, you know, we all, when we're working, it's all about like what's right in front of your face, right? So, Absolutely. It's always about relationships, isn't it? And certainly, as you say, with having had that experience in, in various sort of design disciplines, you build up that network, exactly. those connections, um, as you say, locally and internationally. Um, and so with with knowing this, have you got a sort of five-year plan as such, or you're just being very organic and seeing, okay, how will it grow and do you have an ambition to reach maybe countries or continents you haven't reached yet or is it just you know as I say letting it grow we have definitely been letting it grow organically I think prior to COVID I had a very solid five-year plan that feels very different now I think the needs are very different yeah um you know a large portion of our commitment is going to supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and really providing um, opportunity for um, Black and people of color. I feel like for me, it is really about growing the membership globally so that there can be more international design exchange and exchange of ideas. And so where doesn't matter to me so much as reach and the ability to create um, tentacles of connection that, you know, even a conversation can spark so much thought for women. We're very multidimensional and emotional beings. And so I know for myself, like people that I've met over the last seven years or so in my travels, thoughts will come up, a DM will happen. And based on the passion of others, I can get led in an organic direction to curate a show or to bring awareness to a certain organization or um, group that needs our support. And so that's really how I'm like a tree that bends and I try and sort of bend towards, you know, the water source. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laura, it's been absolutely fascinating chatting to you. And as I said at the start, um, the Female Design Council certainly resonates deeply with me and everything that you're about. So I just want to say a huge thank you for participating in our Designing Conversations podcast. You're absolutely welcome and wishing you all the best with the Female Design Council. Thank you. And for anyone who's interested, you can check us out at femaledesigncouncil.org or on Instagram at at femaledesigncouncil. So thank you to Laura and thank you to everyone for listening. Join us again for Designing Conversations next time.